0: hello thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast hope you're okay Wednesday June the 30th the day after the night before then when England secured their place in the quarterfinals of Euro 2020 with an historic win over Germany just to put it all into context England haven't knocked Germany out of a major tournament since the World Cup back in 1966. the game at Wembley finished two 0 we joined more than 800 fans watching on the large screen at Margate's dreamland this was the their reaction after the final whistle.
1: I am overjoyed. It's been a long time coming. Uh, especially against the Germans. It, it means so much more, doesn't it? I feel like today is our semi-final. We can go on from now, easily make it to the final.
2: And how was the
1: atmosphere at Dreamland tonight? Like? Great. I'll I tell you what, what I, I, I like the most was I saw the younger generation wear some old uh, England tops. I'm a collector of those. And to the fact that, that those young guys are holding on to dreams of past. You see a young guy over there wearing a Gerrard top. What about when that second
2: goal happened and the crowd
1: just went absolutely wild? Like, have you ever experienced anything like that before? Do you know what? I, I, I thought that we had, in the last World Cup, getting to the semi-finals. But the fact that it was against the Germans, <laughs> the fact that I'm here with one of my closest pals, to look around, all these guys here at Dreamland put on an amazing day. Can you describe that
3: moment when
1: the second goal... Um, my
4: heart skipped a beat and I started shouting and then I lost time. I don't know where I am right now, but I'm happy. Very happy. Absolutely amazing. I, I don't even know what to say, Like it's, it's so good had like a feeling! I, I can't, they said it all to be honest, I can't say anything else. I've lost my table. We've that's lost that's our like table because table. of this.
2: And um, how are you feeling right now? I
4: don't know, I can't even put it into words, that was just... I don't know. I just, I've got no words. That was amazing. That's probably one of the best feelings I've had in football in ages. So yeah. And can you describe the, uh,
2: the atmosphere here in Dreamland tonight? Well,
4: for those that can't see it, it's there's hundreds of people. There's drink everywhere. Pizzas. The atmosphere is amazing. Everybody's singing. Everybody's jumping on each other. Everybody's hugging people that they don't even know. So yeah, it's phenomenal. We haven't played football like that in ages.
5: Woo! It was so good. <laughs>
2: and are you glad that you
5: were at Dreamland to watch it? 100%. It was the best atmosphere for you 2. Everyone's happy. Everyone's together.
0: Despite the celebrations, things unfortunately did turn a little bit ugly with tables and benches overturned and people storming the stage with flares. And it's led to some being angry that football fans are allowed to get together and celebrate, but other industries still can't put on events because of lockdown. Mark David is chief exec of the Music Venue Trust and also co-owner of the Tunbridge Wells Forum. He's been speaking to Ollie.
6: First of all, Israel, you know, great. England have won a game. We're obviously really pleased with how they're doing in the tournament like everybody else. And to be honest, we're really pleased to see communities coming together to celebrate that. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a big national event. We have no problem with that. However, the reasons why live music venues are not allowed to be open is because singing, dancing, being close to each other, hugging, chatting, snogging somebody else, meeting strangers, mass gatherings are apparently all dangerous activities that must be limited, but they're already happening. And the number of people that were gathered together in Tunbridge Wells last night, or in Ramsgate last night, or in Dover last night to watch football on a screen, and then to sing It's Coming Home are vastly in excess of the number of people that fit into these small venues. So I'm afraid it doesn't bear any kind of scrutiny that one thing is now permissible and frankly not being policed or licensed in any way whatsoever, because people accept that this needs to happen. Whereas another another activity, live music in small venues is being heavily policed, heavily restricted and frankly, not really able to take place.
5: And, and I think it was kind of shock. I mean, for the most part um, fans seem to be fairly good natured at some of the scenes that were being shared yesterday Although, as you say, those things were happening that supposedly should be police. But we also had an incident in Dreamland um, where they were showing the game and it was it was carnage, quite frankly. I mean, there was security guards in tears. There was people throwing tables up on stages and stuff. And, and we've had you know, no response from anyone about kind of what's going to be done about this because we've got another game on Saturday and presumably the same thing could happen again.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not my position to comment on the behaviour of particular groups, minority groups, frankly, of fans. I mean, obviously, it's depressing when you see that, but we just need to be realistic. We do have a problem with the containment, of of, particularly of the Delta variant. We accept that. However the answer to containment of the Delta variant cannot be, and it cannot realistically be proposed to be, that we have to carry on banning live music while live music is taking place everywhere throughout the country, except in live music venues. It's madness to pretend that this is not happening. It is happening. People are pointing at the matches and saying, well, these are taking place outside. Indoor venues throughout the country last night were showing football on screens. There was mass singing, mass chanting, mass hugging, everybody celebrating. Great, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, the concept that we can't run a 100 capacity folk gig with people sitting down and enjoying banjo, violin, and some accordion, while people are gathered together in groups of thousands, frankly, to celebrate a football match in exactly activity that is more dangerous than that makes no logical sense. We need the government, to, we particularly we need the Department for Culture, Media and Sport to remember that it's supposed to re- represent culture. And if these type of activities are already taking place, nothing at all is being achieved by the continued closure of the Ramsgate Music Hall or elsewhere in Margate or Tunbridge Wells Forum or the Booking Hall in Dover or any of the other fantastic venues we're lucky to enjoy in Kent. It's just pointless for them to be closed. All it's doing is damaging people's jobs, lives, businesses and livelihoods. It's not achieving anything to contain the virus.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Well, you can let us know what you think by commenting today on our socials or on the stories online. We have approached Dreamland for a comment. We also asked the Department for Culture, Media and Sport for a comment. This is what they've had to say in a statement. Our support for the music industry throughout the pandemic has been unwavering with over £200 million allocated to over 800 organisations via our unprecedented Culture Recovery Fund with more financial support on the way after a £300 million boost at budget. Guidance will be published ahead of reopening fully on July the 19th and we're carrying out additional pilot events to gather further evidence and allow us to trial Covid certification so that the sector can operate as safely as possible. And back to the football England's quarter-final game is against Ukraine in Rome on Saturday. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a man suspected of having firearms has been tasered by armed police in Margate. The 69-year-old was detained while a blank firing pistol and two air weapons were seized along with cannabis plants in North Down Road last night. He was checked over in hospital as a precaution before being taken into custody. At Kent Online, you can see the moment someone in a hoodie throws paint over a car on a driveway in Maidstone. It's the latest in a series of unprovoked attacks on a couple on the Vinter's Park estate. Police think the suspect may be linked to a blue Citroen Picasso and have released a picture of a man they're trying to trace. Staff at a care home in Herne Bay were found not to be using PPE effectively, despite it suffering from an outbreak of coronavirus. Inspectors have rated St Peter's, which looks after people with dementia, as inadequate. The Care Quality Commission also raised concerns about patients being given outdated medicine, while staff reported not having any training. And just a reminder, all but two COVID testing sites in Kent will be closing at the end of today. Health bosses say it's because home testing kits are now easy available from pharmacies or by ordering online. The two facilities staying open are in Maidstone and Ashford. The future of the Medway campus of the University for the Creative Arts has been raised in the Commons today. We've told you on previous episodes that bosses plan to close the site in Rochester by 2023, while MP Kelly Tolhurst asked about it at Prime Minister's Questions earlier. In Rochester, we are incredibly proud of our long-standing creative arts community and the contribution it makes to the Medway towns. So it has come as a huge blow that the Board of Directors at the University of Creative Arts have decided to close the Rochester campus after its 135-year history in the town, having inspired some of our most successful artists and designers, such as Dane Zandra Rhodes, Karen Millen, and Tracy Emin. Does my right hon. Friend agree that the university's plan to close the site at such a difficult time for the sector will be detrimental to our levelling up agenda locally, but also to the opportunities for so many working class kids in Medway for who this campus has always provided um, an instrumental route into further and higher education?
1: Uh, I I thank my hon. Friend. She's she's right to uh, campaign for uh, for higher education, particularly in, in her constituency, and I know that she's been engaged with university leaders on on the ground in uh, in Rochester, and I'm sure that they will have listened carefully to what she has to say.
0: A union has welcomed a decision to scrap a ban on lorry drivers parking in laybys and on roads in Kent. The measures were brought in at the start of the year, but the government's now rejected the county council's bid to extend it. Unite say it's a necessary step towards ending the misery and overcrowding faced by truckers in lorry parks. Elsewhere, transport bosses have pledged to halve the number of deaths that happen on Kent's roads over the next nine years. On average, 45 people have been killed on the county's roads every 12 months for the last five years and it's hoped that number will be significantly reduced. The county council say plans include more 20 mile per hour zones, speed cameras and redesigning some streets to make them safer. And with more and more of us moving to electric cars, a Medway schoolgirl has come up with with what could be the next big thing in motoring, a car powered by wind turbines. Annabelle Sapoor has reached the finals of the BT Young Pioneer Award for her design. The turbines underneath the vehicle and in the wheels charge the battery so you don't have to keep stopping to charge it. The 11-year-old from Chatham is one of just five finalists across the country and has been speaking to Ollie.
2: So my um, design is a car that uses the concept of an electric car but instead of having to charge it for a long amount of time, it is powered by wind turbines. And the wind turbines will be um, in the bonnet of the car, underneath the car, and also the wheels will be converted into wind turbines.
5: Wow. So you're using that kind of idea of, of renewable energy, but directly rather than rather than kind of, you know, out on the sea or, or anything like that. Yeah. Brilliant. So how did you come up with that idea in the first place? What kind of sparked that, that idea for you?
2: Um, I've always liked physics and um, i 've been interested in aerodynamics, and I wanted to find a way to um use all the things, all, use all of the things I like doing while impacting the world in a positive way How did
5: you get interested in this in the first place? How did you get interested in in kind of aerodynamics and things like that because not not every eleven year old will of course have have the same sort of interest
2: i used to watch i used to watch i i watch t v programs about physics and I listen to um podcasts, pod, podcasts and things about physics and those type of things.
5: Okay, and and what about the the cl- kind of climate side of it? Because obviously, if, if um, a car was to be developed which was kind of powered by turbines, that would be very that would be very very climate friendly. So, so how do you feel about kind of uh, the that battle against climate change? I suppose
2: the damage is already done, so we need to find a way to make it better. To um. As best as we can.
5: And how would you feel if one day your your design was, you know, on the road actually working?
2: Um, I'd feel like I've I've accomplished my my goal and my dream, and that I will know that I'm responsible of making the world a better place.
5: That's brilliant. And, and so you've you've got a specific name for for the car, haven't you? Tell tell us what it is and tell us why you've named it that
2: um it's hurricane makina um hurricane is the mayan god of the wind and makina is the word car in another language so it's like wind car kent online reports
0: a mum's been told to shave her son's hair after he turned up at a Sheppey school with a cut made famous by footballer Ronaldo back in the early noughties. At Kent Online, you can see a picture of 14-year-old Alfie Woodward from Sheerness with just a large fringe at the front of his head. Staff at Oasis Academy say it's inappropriate. His mum disagrees. You can have a say by voting in our poll. A former John Lewis store in Ashford could be turned into a branch of the range. They've put forward plans to turn part of the car park into a garden centre and say they'll create 95 jobs. A popular venue in Medway has been forced to close because of a lack of staff. This seems to be a real problem at the moment, actually, following the pandemic when hospitality had to shut and lay off workers. Well, Rebecca Collins runs three venues, including the fire station Brasserie in Chatham, which can't open at the moment. She's described a lack of interest in positions from head chefs to waiters. A Kent supplier of pine needle tea, meantime, has seen sales increase by 5,000% after false claims on social media it can prevent coronavirus. Kent and Sussex tea and coffee company based in Pluckley near Ashford say they've sold 4,800 kilos since mid-May, 160 times their yearly average. Scientists have rubbished claims over the tea, saying it has no basis in science. And finally today, key workers have lined up on the grid for the first race at a Kent karting circuit that's reopened after lockdown. At one stage, the future of Butmore Park in Medway was uncertain after being closed for more than a year but funding to keep it open was secured and those who've played a part during the pandemic have been rewarded with a place on the track. Among them was dusk cart driver Jamie Evans from Ashford and A&E Dr Rohit Silhai from Canterbury.
4: The partner obviously nominated me it was on Father's Day so to get the call was quite uh, overwhelming you know so um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Right. Um, obviously you've been kind of recognised here as key workers, just give us a bit of an idea how the past year has been as someone who's been working all the way through it. Uh, well, I haven't really stopped at all. Uh, I've took today off and a few days before. Um, yeah, it's just been mental, really. Uh, all the boys at work, they're, they're going through the same thing, their families and things, so they've had to grind through and uh, yeah, respect for all them and that's it. Uh, And just finally from me, obviously you get to see the historic F1 card coming down. Are you a big History F1 fan or are you just keen to get round? I love it. Uh, My son, he's a keen go-kart racer as well. So um, yeah, I can't wait for it to go round. It was an absolute surprise. I'd seen the press about it, and I'd, I'd, to be honest, I never win these kinds of things, um, and you know, there's been so much help and support for the NHS over the last year, um, and it's been fantastic, and to actually get to experience this is going to be amazing. Just give us a bit of an idea about how difficult the last year has actually been. I mean, in some ways it's been phenomenal, it's been truly awful at times, just the scale and the magnitude of things has just been un- completely unimaginable. Um, but the way we've responded and the way the public have responded everyone has just been completely on court and it's just been amazing to see uh, and I couldn't be prouder of me and my colleagues Just finally, uh, how excited are you to get out there and have a go? You can see the F1 roaring by <laughs> um... Well, obviously I was watching the Styrian Grand Prix at the, at the weekend for tips but uh, I don't think I want to be on their pace.
0: Leonora Martel Certes is from Buckmore Park.
3: The past year here at Baltimore Park has been really challenging. I think like most leisure and hospitality businesses, we've really struggled with minimal windows where we could reopen. We've pretty much been closed um, consistently for, well, just under the year, really. And unlike other businesses, there's nothing that we've really been able to do. You can't do takeaway carting. So it's been um, it's been a real challenge. And in January this year, we had to ask ourselves some really serious questions about what the future was of the business, because we we didn't have the optimism that then come February and March and things were really ramping up with the vaccine rollout and looking really positive. But um, but we're just so thankful and relieved that we're here today, that we're reopening. We've kept Uh, We were able to open a little bit earlier, but we decided to just wait and just check that things would be be, uh, possible to reopen and not having to close again because we couldn't really afford to do that as a business. So, yeah, we're just excited and obviously relieved to be here and reopening today. You can also watch KMTV's report on this
0: story at Kent Online. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to all KM Group newspapers by subscribing to the im news app it's straightforward to do just head to subsaver.co.uk
1: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast